you know, I compliment Coach McDermott and the Buffalo Bills for for victory in a hard-fought game. Um, you know, I appreciate the efforts of our guys in there. I just told them that, um, but efforts don't get it done. Anyone? Mike, you have a year left on your contract. Good afternoon. Uh, in a little better mood today, man. Anybody got any contract questions? Uh, I'll say this. Um, I certainly could have handled uh, that situation better than I did, but I'll also say this. Um, I just believe there's a time and place for everything, and post-game press conferences are probably not the place uh, to address contract issues and things of that nature. It's just a very individual thing, and on game day, um, I doubt any of us or in that mindset, certainly I am not. And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodgerichi, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Yeah. Rush the quarterback. Thanks in for the touchdown! And there's the coup de grace! Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. Uh, Mike Tomlin, as the 2023 Pittsburgh Steelers campaign officially ended as of last week, uh, certainly there were some uh, raised concerns as the Steelers uh, went into their slump uh, beginning of December, uh, losing three in a row to the Cardinals, Patriots, and Colts. Uh, a lot of whispers were a little concerning right there in uh, and, and media, and some uh a lot of fans in Pittsburgh, as well as Steelers fans, uh, mixed crowd, uh, calling for Tomlin to step away, possibly questioning if the Steelers will agree to mutually part ways. But as you just heard at the end of the press conference, uh, following a tough loss right there, he uh, pretty much walked out of frustration after hearing that final question. You heard uh, Brooke Pryor right there ask last Monday. Then it came to address it in this season ending a press conference right there. And here we are right now. Good evening, I'm Charles Project Richie here on the Metal Steel Podcast. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter X at Metal Steel CGR. I know it's been a while uh, schedule-wise, but uh, just want to just, uh, catch up right now. Steelers uh, make it to the playoffs for the 34th time in their franchise history. Uh and they uh, go on to lose to the Buffalo Bills uh, last week. As you heard, uh, Mike Tomlin uh, definitely acknowledged uh, last Monday that he would be returning to coach Steelers to 2024 and also did uh, make some acknowledgement as far as to them searching for an offense core there outside the organization. And here's what he had to say about that. As you can hear right there, uh, Mike Mike Tomlin, uh, they did manage to uh, confirm that Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan, who actually uh, replaced Matt Canada, who was uh, fired uh, during the season uh, following the loss of the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland, 
right there. You saw uh, A. Faulkner, who was the running backs coach, would sell the plays while Mike Sullivan would be the play caller on game days. Uh, they did go on to finish the season, uh, making the playoffs with help. But here we are once again. Uh, I mean, great run by a great coach, Mike Tomlin, all the years. Still never having a losing season. Uh, as he continues to go on, it's a 17 straight season right there. As we look at uh, Tom Landry, who has a record for 21 seasons of non-losing football, uh, Tom was getting uh, very close to that. I think next up will be uh, Bill Belichick with about 19. But anyway, too, uh, as we also took note uh, within that press conference right there, you also see that uh, he would also mention during his uh, season ending press conference, one of his biggest regrets was that former star Marquise Pouncey, uh, he was never able to become a world champion because he is. Uh, and uh, definitely right there, I, I would like to think right there, that'd be one of the biggest issues of knee right there. Mason Cole, who's definitely kind of struggled as of late under Sarah. They have not been able to find that guy as of yet. But still, I mean, yeah, I think that's got to be a big thing right there for Pickett to uh, work with as we look at it. I mean, for er, any quarterback, where it's Mason Rudolph, who's actually a unrestricted free agent right now at this point, uh, Mitch Trubisky, more than likely, he's going to be uh, cut and uh, save some uh, cap space. But the bigger question is right now, as we continue to remind right now, Mike Tomlin, who's doing a, a fantastic job uh, with building up this team, uh, taking uh, bad teams that he's had. I still think he's had like a decent enough talent over the years uh, for their draft picks. But again, when you look at it too, what he's been able to do uh, pretty much to uh, keep them in shape every season. The only season that they were not uh, in any contention in the final week of the season where they needed to get into the playoffs with control of their own destiny or needed to win and get some help. And that uh, season ended in heartbreaking fashion in uh, week 16 to the Cincinnati uh, Bengals uh, that year as we looked at it uh, for the most part. As we uh, heard in that season right there, uh, you saw uh, in 2012, that was the only season right there where they uh, had their season cut short in the foul in the in the second to last week of the season, which is 2012, they lost at home to the Cincinnati uh, Bengals right there to Andy Dalton company. Uh, the Bengals would get into the playoffs that year as a wild card team. But here's a lot of things that begs the question right now. I mean, with the Steelers going on right now, uh, you look at right there. Uh, like I said, I mean, they need to find a quarterback, pretty much a competitive quarterback that's going to keep them in games. That continues to be the issue right now. A lot of people still point point to a guy like Ben Rosberger. They kept him an extra three years longer than when he needed to stay. Because 2019, I mean, as you can see, even before he had the elbow injury, uh, he was definitely uh, struggling. And this was since the breakup of the Killer Bees, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, right there. I mean, just when he uh, went down at that point, officially got to see Seahawks in a home game. Uh, I mean, he seemed to have a little bit of a resurgent the following year when he did come back for the first 11 games. But then as you saw what happened towards the end, uh, he started becoming like a lot inaccurate 
at games, uh, struggling with passes, uh, becoming more or less mobile. As we saw right there, I mean, a lot of people will point to that moment right there. I mean, when he got his last extension back in 2019, now he did take a pay cut two years later going into the final season of his career. But again, the Steelers are a team. As they continue to assist, they are not going to be a tanking team. They're not going to be losing to be burying themselves for better draft positioning. And here's the bottom line right now. I mean, this is the bet that they made. I mean, Art Rooney, uh, no surprise, uh, is going to keep Mike Tomlin. They do plan to extend him at some point during this offseason. There have been a lot of speculation right there in point two by guys like Mike Florio right there, as well as Peter King, but more particularly Mike Florio. Uh, the Steelers, who usually, with coaches traditionally, who never allow a coach to go into their final season without a contract, basically like a lame duck coach. Now, the Steelers, the last extension they did give Mike Tomlin was three years ago, back in April, where he had a three-year extension. Normally, what they do uh, by giving Mike Tomlin more in particular has been usually like two-year extensions, but he signed his extension back in 2021, which will be running through this upcoming season. I'll anticipate that the Steelers would probably keep that similar formula or probably give him a three-year extension like they did last time. And I got no reason to believe. I will say this. I mean, definitely for all that he's done, the way players respect him in that locker room, I would have no issues if he stays on for a lot more years to come. I Like I said, I, I want people to understand this. Mike Tomlin, for what he's done in his entire coach career, pretty much all with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, as a head coach, uh, he, he's definitely a very good motivator. I think he's definitely become more aggressive in like, uh, being in on a defense with uh, call, calling and managing a lot of plays right there. But, I, but at the end of the day, too, the only knocks, again, in fairness, and people will look at us, uh, national media more particular, we hear like the Rich Eisens of the world uh, or anyone else, or like a Mike Florio. I mean, the thing is, what my boggles me is like, they look at Steeler fans, Steeler Nation, and the media who are critical of Mike Tomlin to point to the fact that, well, you know, that we are spoiled fan base, a spoiled organization, that how dare we point to a guy who hasn't won a playoff game going on eight years now. It'll be eight years through next year instead of seven. That's one thing. And then two, I mean, how he manages to keep us alive in the season. Every week, every final week of all the seasons he's coached, with the exception of 2012, as I just mentioned to start off the show, was the only time that they were not in contention in the final week of the season. But I, I do feel like it is fair to criticize, like I said, him, you know, allow his defense to give up 40 points a game since their last playoff win versus Chiefs. They've been 0-5 since that point. Beginning with they lost to the Patriots in the New England in the AFC Conference Championship game in 2016, then went on to lose a, another four more games. So 0-5 basically giving up 40 points a game. 
as the longest uh, playoff losing drought in their franchise history. I think it is fair to hold someone's feet to the fire and, figure, and find out and question that it, what you're doing is, it, it's basically like I always said, I've been saying this for the last three years, Mike Tomlin for this team, he has become a more polished up version of a Marvin Lewis. I dare argue one of his pressers is who he worked under, Tony Dungy, either one of those two where he's become a great regular season coach, but has been coming up short in the playoffs. You have to find a win in the playoffs. Now, again, I'm willing to give a little bit more slack on the leash that he has not had a big-time quarterback to compete with today's offense since Ben Rosberger. Now, I'm talking about the Ben Rosberger before he injured his elbow and when he was with the Killer Bees. Let's just call it what it is. Uh, I'm willing to grant that right now. And for a guy like Kenny Pickett, whose future is still in limbo right there, I mean, listen, I mean, he has still acknowledged that Kenny Pickett will be the top quarterback in their depth chart, but there will be some competition with him as they attempt to re-sign Mason Rudolph, who will be going into this uh, offseason as a un unrestricted free agent. And, yeah, back to the question right now, will they consider looking at a veteran quarterback to bring in from the outside? Since they're not going to be in position – uh, to draft uh, for a quarterback uh, in a recent high spot for right now. And I, I tell you what, uh, right now, I, I think you definitely have to make that move. You have to make that ballsy move right now where you have to consider uh, trading for one or sign one in free agency. Obviously, right now, as we look at, I mean, they're – they're going to be, uh, as we look in this year's uh, draft right now, uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, as we look at, they'll be selecting 20th overall in the first round. And they'll be having uh, seven draft picks uh, as to date right now. So we'll see what can happen. I mean, it's still not beyond the far, beyond our reach. Can they move up 10 spots in the draft like they did five years ago under – Kevin Colbert. But, I mean, for right now, I mean, listen, after all this is said and done, I also don't want to be looked at as a fool or this organization be looked foolish either. Where, yes, we can always talk about how they haven't won a playoff game in seven years, going on eight years now. That is definitely uh, warranted right there to criticize him for. And you do need a top quarterback to compete. I understand that. But at the same time, too, do we want to be looked at someone like an organization, like, say, like the great Chicago Bulls under Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan's uh, championship dynasty right there? We're not a championship dynasty right now under Mike Tomlin. But at the same time, all the years of competitiveness, or uh, do you want to, like, disrupt and, and spoil something to then? Do you want to realize what – don't realize what you have until it's gone? is my question. You got to be very careful with that because a lot of people will definitely be willing to take him in a heartbeat the moment he steps down. I still believe, even if it did come to that point, I do anticipate them extending him. But even if they don't extend him, God forbid, I could see a situation where Mike Tomlin would like to take a year off from football 
I know a lot of people in the national media do not feel like he's shown no signs of like not wanting to coach, not wanting to retire. But I do feel like at, at some point, too, I mean, you heard a lot of people like a Bill Walsh and I could have sworn Bill Parcells saying that being with an organization more than 10 years is too much for any coach. Uh, where at some point your message can become stale. I mean, look at Bill Walsh with the 49ers right there. Now, when you look at a guy like Bill Walsh and his head coaching career, where his message slowly started to become stale, started shortly after they won their second Super Bowl, okay? They were uh, not getting past any further than the divisional round. Right. And when, when you look at losing twice to the New York Giants, who actually became Super Bowl champions in 86, and then losing to the Vikings. There were three years where they did not even sniff the conference championship game to get a decent ticket to the Super Bowl. But remember, beginning in 1986, or 87, I want to say it was, was when they acquired Steve Young from Tampa Bay. A lot of that was because due to high concerns for Bill Walsh because of the back injury that he had suffered in his career, more particularly to the New York Giants. He was getting concerned that Joe Montana, he may be nearing the end sooner than he, well, he fought. And remember, all, there was also a crazy report out there, too, under investigation by Joe, was that he was taking, he was accused of taking drugs, like painkillers and stuff. But, I mean, eventually, too, I mean, you saw the quarterback uh, turmoil right there that, in-house competition. Steve Young, who's been dying to like get back as a starter, who's showing a lot of uh, promise and growth under Bill Walsh before he got further groomed under George Seifert. And, of course, Mike Holgren, who was the uh, office coordinator for playing years. It pretty much eventually almost divided the locker room where their season over 35 years ago went off the rails where Bill Walsh was switching constantly between Steve Young and Joe Montana, especially times when Joe Montana was hurt, Steve Young had to fill in for him. It almost cost him the playoffs. They almost didn't make the playoffs in 1988. There was a game where they lost to the Cardinals, and the locker room, I guess, had me, the minds right there, spoke out and wanted to find out which direction they wanted to go under Bill Walsh. They finally had Joe Montana. Now, with a guy like Mike Tomlin, you see it over the years. I mean, just a little stuff where the Steelers had had to release guys like beginning more nobly with LeGarrette Blunt almost 10 years ago, where he walked off like uh, away from the team towards the end of a win on a Monday night game versus Titans. He got cut like uh, pretty much uh, immediately after that, I think like the next day. And what happened? They made the playoffs, won their division, lost in the first round, but Le'Veon Bell got hurt in the season finale, winning the AFC North first of Angles. Then you also look at probably uh, Le'Veon Bell, contract issues, who's doing within his right, trying to get a new deal and not be tagged for a second straight year. And I was frustrated with the guaranteed money beyond the first year that he was getting up front which Steelers hardly did for any player at that point or in their franchise history. 
him and his agent decided to take a full year off and did not eat, come back during the season uh, when his uh, deadline was due to come back if he chose to. And, of course, you have frustrated Antonio Brown, who blew up in practice with Ben Brosberger right before the Christmas holiday, did not play in the finale, did not even dress, and he was uh, gone. And then you look at Chase Claypool over a year ago, calling out the Steelers' office for not having enough splash plays. What happened? They traded him to the Chicago Bears, and they got a high second-round pick, which actually argued was utilized as a extra first-round pick due to the Bears finishing with the worst record, earning the number one overall pick, which they did trade out. But how? I mean, call it what you want. And then you look at this season right now, where with George Pickens right there, I mean, just uh, having some little frustration, some outbursts uh, chemistry-wise. Uh, it seems to be a lot more chemistry where it's like with Kenny Pickett, who's been struggling mildly, who actually showed flashes, doing good down the stretch last year, a perfect preseason, but a guy who's scared to throw under pressure, move around the pocket when need be. And, and not the fact, too, that he was also dealing with a guy who, quite frankly, was not doing enough with today's game of modernized football with today's offense of other Matt Canna, which was a more fuel to the fire. Najee Harris was definitely calling out like how like the culture and everything in this locker room needs to change, uh, how to run things as a sexual organization. But anyway, here we are right now. And I, I will say, despite all this, again, Mike Tomlin, he's proven, despite all that, despite going 7-7 right there in Lucas Oil Stadium to the Colts on Saturday, December 16th, uh, made the quarterback switch during that game. It was too little too late when they were down by two possessions. But Mason Rudolph did get his first start in over two years, beginning with the Cincinnati Bengals, beating the Seahawks in Seattle, and then winning on the road in Baltimore versus Ravens. Uh, so in that, in that time span, they beat Jake Browning, Geno Smith, and Tyler Huntley. And by the way, the Baltimore Ravens were resting majority of their stars here in the playoffs. All they just had to do was play spoiler maker. <laughs> so again, uh, as Kenny Pickett enters his third year, Thomas said it's certainly a big year for him. It's a huge year for him. We'll see what happens. But here are some of the bigger uh, tasks right now for the Steelers going into this offseason right now. Offensive coordinator. Questions. Mike, do you foresee either Eddie or uh, Mike Sullivan being candidates for the offensive coordinator job? Um, you know, not at this juncture, man. I, I'm looking at outside candidates um, and, and lining up the pecking order there. I am appreciative of their efforts um, in terms of what they did for us down the stretch. Um, but I'm looking at outside candidates um, at this juncture. Which has been the NFL's fifth worst offense, 18.1 points per game over the past three seasons. A stretch that squandered uh, chunks of their defensive primary stars like T.J. Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick's uh, prime years. If the Steelers don't want to waste the rest, they'll need to hire the right coordinator. 
And I was looking at a guy like uh, Paul Alexander, too. You could hear on Saturdays, usually at uh, noon following the Bob Papiani show. Uh, I mean, who's on at 1 Eastern. I mean, he was uh, basically uh, pointing out how, like, uh, they're right off his core there. And uh, here's a list of candidates uh, that was uh, mentioned by 937 The Fan that was rich, written by Jeff Hathorne right here. I mean, you look at guys like uh, Daryl Bavell, who's worked uh, with the Dolphins quarterback and was their past game coordinator, 23 years with experience, 15 years being head coach, office coordinator with Minnesota, Seattle, Detroit, Jacksonville, worked with Tua, Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Brett Favre, and he won the Super Bowl with Seattle Seahawks, had second-best NFL rushing offense in his six years as office quarter, which was over 10 years ago. Seems to have all the all qualifications. Will you find the Steelers drop attractive? Then you got Josh McDaniels, who's primarily known for his stint in New England. Had failed head coaching opportunities going with the Broncos and then the Raiders. Now, a lot of people point to how he had a great quarterback, the GOAT and Tom Brady to work with, and one of the greatest coaches in Bill Belichick, despite the struggles without Tom Brady. Still a smoking mirror right there. I, I would not want him uh, as a Steelers office court. I'll tell you that right now. But you also look at look at Eric Bieniemy right now. Over 25 years as a coach and player, offense coordinator five years, beginning since uh, 2018, two Super Bowl titles working under Andy Reid and coaching Patrick Mahomes, while running backs Adrian Pearson, Maurice Jones-Drew previously. But he, only problem is with that, his desire, he wants to become a head coach. Uh, who seems to be continue to be blackballed as far as like not getting his opportunity. So I mean that would be a long shot right there. I'll probably give that a thirty percent chance of happening. But you also got to look at Kellen Moore right there, who formerly offensive coordinator other the Dallas Cowboys right there, who Mike McCarthy took over as play calling duty for uh, Dak Prescott, but. Kellen Moore, who's definitely struggled uh, with an inactive uh, Justin Herbert uh, this year. I mean, look at him right there. I mean, four years with the Cowboys, 27.7 points per game, 391 yards per game in 2022. But, I mean, concern would be that the Chargers with Herbert for 13 games averaged just 20.4 points per game. And I, I don't know about him, but Frank Reich, I did not want him. Look, Kubik. Now, here's a guy I think Bob Pompiani was a little high on. He worked with Kyle Shanahan as her pass game specialist. Only season as an offensive coordinator was 2021 with Minnesota, tied for first and fewest interceptions with Kirk Cousins. Now, 36 year old, uh, previously was quarterback coach of Minnesota from 2019 to 2020, Endeavor 2016 2018. Uh, fought saw Gary Kubik, only one season of calling plays as an offensive coordinator. Vikings averaged 25 points a game that season. Now, Byron Leftwich, who Mark Cabali has acknowledged right there that uh, he's pretty much being ruled out as a candidate. He's heard a lot more uh, sources close to him say that he's definitely one of the guys that the Steelers would not entertain, despite him reaching out to the Steelers. And it's hard to say if he reached out prior to the season or during the season about their inquiries as a coordinator. But I think he would definitely be a good fit, but it's definitely reached at this point. Then finally, you got Shane Waldron, 
offensive coordinator with Seattle, but head coach Pete Carroll was fired. He was the coordinator for the previous three years, uh, two of those three years with Geno Smith. And he was pass game coordinator with the Rams from 2017 through 2020, won two Super Bowls with the Patriots as operations assistant, helped Geno Smith become comeback season in 2022. And for, the 44-year-old has had a few years of play calling experience with minor success. But I tell you what, the one guy who I do like on this list, I think I will go with Daryl Bavell, the very first name on this list. I'm just considering the guys he's worked with, Tua, Stafford, Wilson, Lawrence, Favre. I know he's up in age, but at the same time, too, if you want to like, talk, or you still got an oldie but a goodie, but a guy who could still translate into this game about scoring points and yards production, I think that's a guy they should target right there. That'd be my guy for offense coordinator. Now let's go ahead and get into like some of the interesting uh, notes to the Steelers would have to be making, some uh, decisions, too, when we look at. We're already discussing the offense coordinator right now. Quarterback room, again, Kenny Pickett will continue to be the top guy, but will have some competition to earn his uh, job, earn his stay right now. Definitely a guy who's been uh, frustrated. Who's been sure? I mean, according to his case, if he wasn't injured and he he was medically cleared and did enough that he would be dressed and ready to play, uh, arguably as a starter. But Mike Tom didn't feel like he had enough reps. And then you also look at right now, Mason Rudolph. Will he be able to bring him back? That's a big question mark. But again, I still think Mason Rudolph is a smoking mirror. I mean, those three wins came against backup quarterbacks in the season finale. Now, he pretty much held his own right there versus the Buffalo Bills in the wild card loss. I was actually there last week in Buffalo, Orchard Park. Great time experience with the exception of being stranded thanks to the travel ban. Thanks, New York governor. No, I'm just kidding. But in all seriousness, I, I think in that game right there, I mean, even that loss when they were down 21 the zip at that point. I mean, he still finished pass for a net yard, passing of 218 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, only got sacked one time in that game. I mean, even still, I mean, from his QBR right there, he had 40. Not really good, but his rating was an 80. So, I mean, it just goes to show you the reality. Once again, you need quarterback, top quarterback play to compete. So, I mean, Burley is still out on him. I'm not sure if I'm ready to embrace him as a full-time star for next year, despite the momentum. I got to see more of him uh, coming back out of this because I, I will say this. I mean, Mason Raw for his time, for what he's improved on since uh, starting since uh, 2021, this year alone, he's been 3-0, completing 75% of his passes, for uh, 684 net yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He took care of the ball. He's only been sacked five times for 32 yards right there. But again, against backup quarterbacks. That's the only thing I would caution Steeler Nation right there, of course, continue to drink the Kool-Aid of Mason Rudolph. Now, here's another decision right now. Cam Hayward right now, who's going to be entering the final year of his deal that he signed back in 2020, his extension. Steelers are set to expend... $142.2 million on defense next year, the second most in the league per over the cap. More than half 
of that 74.2 uh, million and 30.2% of the team's total payrolls eaten up by three players. Watt over 30.4 million, Hayward 22.4 and Fitzpatrick 21.4 million. Now remember Hayward, he did injure his groin, tore off the bone week one and tried to rush back, uh, turning his projected 12 week recovery into a six week process. Quality of his play inevitably took a step back because he played through pain. But those are going to be the keyest decisions uh, right there. More particularly, I think the quarterback and the offensive core there, those will be a huge offseason. Those will be the main two things. Like I said, my guy for offensive uh, coordinator, I like the guy who worked with uh, Tua, Wilson. I like Daryl Bavell. I would bring him in if I had my choice right there. Let's go ahead and finish this up, too. Uh, it's been closer. We're only about, right now, a little over I mean, before the Super Bowl, three weeks away from the NFL awards ceremony uh, right now. I mean, you look at, like, the odds right now, more particularly as it relates to the Steelers right now, uh, according to Vegas Insider, the odds for defensive player of the year. Uh, T.J. Watt, he is third on that list as a uh, favorite to win that. As we look at uh, Vegas Insider right now, T.J. Watt uh, for defensive uh, player of the year, uh, for that award, he's at plus 400. Uh, he is first in sacks with 19 and first quarterback hits with 36. While Miles Garrett, he leads the way at minus 200 defensive end for the Browns. And you also got uh, linebacker Michael Parsons of the Cowboys, who plays outside and inside. If I want to say inside mainly as of late, he's plus 300. You also got uh, Raiders defensive end Max Crosby, four yards defensive end Nick Bosa. And lastly, six, uh, Roquan Smith at plus 10,000 right there. Uh, right now, I, I'm going to tell you what right now. I think uh, TJ Watt, I choose him, but I can honestly see where they could give it to Miles Garrett. I wouldn't have too much of a problem with that. They did have a Super Bowl-quality defense. I will say this. For the team I was disappointed in the most so far throughout this playoffs, who did not make a legitimate run, and should have were the Cleveland Browns. I know the Browns are still get that rib, the Browns being the Browns, but man, I, it's just this point. I mean, I thought Joe Flacco could have had a magical season right here. He had an opportunity to become the third quarterback to win a Super Bowl with another franchise. And if he would have done that, won Super Bowl MVP, you can make his case for a Hall of Fame legacy right there. I mean, I put him on the level with Eli Manning. That did not happen, but. Again, uh, that's where we are right there. And then I think right now for MVP, you got to give it to Lamar Jackson. I mean, just think about this storyline right now. I mean, for a guy who finally got his new deal, his guaranteed money, uh, who's been uh, much uh, happier uh, playing, I mean, when you look at to, I mean, with everything that's been going on right now, I mean – under office corner, uh, back-to-back champion of the Georgia Bulldogs, Tom Munkin right there. I mean, you look at him right there. I mean, they are fourth in points overall at 483, six in yards. I mean, and just a phenomenal job. I'll continue to keep the rushing game. No surprise there. But he's made Lamar Jackson a better pocket passer right now. I mean, in his uh, career, I mean, up to this point, I mean, 24 touchdowns and seven interceptions is probably like his best ratio ever at this point outside of his MVP year where he had 36 to six. 
Uh, but anyway, I mean, a team who I thought were on the ropes going to the halftime versus Texas in the divisional round uh, definitely uh, shut them out the rest of the way and gradually put that game away and getting real stronger as Super Bowl favorites. But I'll tell you what, right now, the Chiefs who had their first row game under Patrick Mahomes, uh, I guess there's just certain stars you don't bet against. That Chiefs-Ravens game in the M&T Bank Stadium at 3 Eastern on CBS, I think that's an AFC Championship game that a lot of football fans have been dreaming to see, especially the owners and executives. That'd be a great one. Then also for the uh, NFC Conference Championship game, 49ers just squeaked by the Packers. Packers, who I really fought, lost that game. 49ers will be hosting the Detroit Lions right there. That's going to be a good matchup as well. So you're going to have a good Final Four. But Super Bowl prediction, I'm going to go with the Chiefs versus Niners. You'll have a Super Bowl rematch of 54. I'm not sure if the Lions will have enough. I've either definitely given the 49ers a fit, but that's about it. And that's going to do it for this edition here of the Master Steel Podcast. Uh, like I said, sorry if I've been after for a while, but just been going through a lot of uh, tough decisions as of late, uh, adjusting my schedule. But I will try to be back on track. Once again, you can follow me on Twitter, X at CGR and on Instagram at Steel Nation. And like I said, just be careful what you wish for for the people who want Mike Tomagot. I've been definitely one of his highest critics. But again, I love this guy. I don't want to see him go. But I mean, at some point, too, if you're forced into a corner where you still keep doing the same routine where you're good enough to do a great regular season finish, if they make it to the playoffs, continue to lose miserably in the playoffs, at some point, you're going to have to make a tough decision. They'll never fire this guy, but you may have to have a hot conversation where things get uncomfortable where they may have to agree to mutually part ways but again, this job is here as long as he wants it. Sometimes in life, yeah, you can't always listen to what people are advising you what's in your best interest. Sometimes you got to make the ballsy decisions. And if you feel like you got to make that big sacrifice, you can't live in your fears, as like Mike Tom would say. And I think that the Steelers would have to feel a similar way. I doubt that's going to happen. But again, uh, continue to coach us up, Coach T. Really love you. Don't go anywhere. But again, uh, until we get closer, we'll be. I'll try and keep along as we get closer, like the combine coming up, and the NFL draft, and much more as we get ready for the 2024 campaign season. As always, leader, don't be trolling. Be rolling. Here we go, series. Here we go. I got it.